You're listening to Louder Builder, a podcast dedicated to marketing in the building services industry. Here's your host, Rusty George. Welcome to another episode of Louder Builder, dedicated to those looking to promote businesses in the building services industry. I'm Rusty George, and I work directly with owners and marketing managers of construction companies, engineering firms, subcontractors, uh, material suppliers, helping them develop marketing strategies that make sense for them in the B2B space. And when working with companies like yours, the conversation usually revolves around something like, I just read that my competition landed this huge project that was like perfect for us, like right in our wheelhouse, but we didn't even know that the RFP actually existed. We need to figure out a way to get in front of those that are going to give more opportunities like that without always having to do forensic journalism to find out where those RFPs are. Or on the other end of the spectrum, I got plenty of projects in my pipeline. I just can't find the people in order to get the job done. And then without fail, they immediately launch into, well, my website's five to seven years old and, you know, that could stand some updating or I am not a social media person by any stretch of the imagination, but I have a kid on staff who posts, you know, random things to I don't know really where. So maybe we need to get a better strategy of posting and scheduling and something to that effect. The problem is, is they want to jump right into the tactics and channels that everybody else is doing so that they just kind of get absorbed into the noise without really respecting how real communication strategy works in the B2B building space. You of all people should understand that in order to build a really great structure, you have to start with a solid foundation. You can't do the tactics until you've actually figured out what you're going to say that's going to be remembered and understood and have clarity. And you can't develop good messaging until first you have to understand who you're talking to, what really compels them, what motivates them, and what will trigger them to actually choose you over the others. In my experience working with builders, you can basically segment your audiences into three different categories. Those who are going to give you work, those who are going to work on the work, and those who are going to make sure that the company is still around in order to get the job done. Each of these audiences have their own unique needs based on where they're coming from, but they all share, we all share the same common trait. Whether it's awarding a $15 million project or deciding where they're going to spend the next phase of their career, we are all intuitive creatures. And although we'd like to think that we make our decisions based on objective analysis and data, you know, it's the company that's going to win our attention, our hearts and minds is the one that's going to connect with us on the core human gut level. Marty Neumeyer defines branding, which is the most overused term in marketing these days, as the personification or the humanization of a company so that it can appeal to an audience on a gut level. And if enough of those gut level connections are made, then that company is said to have a brand. And yet 99% of marketing that's done by building businesses stops short right at just kind of a verification of credibility. Your website, your proposals, your social media, basically, you know, it's always about your case studies. It's about your history, about your leadership team. You've been around since 1959, which is basically what everybody else is doing. And you are who you say you are, but it's right out of the standard playbook. There's nothing that actually stands you apart or gets anybody to really connect with you. And instead, in order to stand apart from that sea of competition and really get remembered and connect with each one of your audiences, ask yourself what really compels them? What is their ultimate sense of urgency? Take your first audience, for example. 
those who are going to give you work. And this could include developers, procurement managers, GCs if you're a sub. It could also mean architects or engineers who are influencing the decision. They're all over busy. They're all frenetic. They're trying to stuff 90 hours into a 24-hour day. And you'll be lucky to get them to read beyond your second case study. Working with a variety of these professionals, I will go out on a limb to suggest that their most common existential urgency they all share is that fear of making a bad decision that could ultimately ruin their career or at least put a really black stain on their reputation. That's why their first impulse is to always default back to companies that they've already worked with because it's comfortable and they've already proven their competency. So when you're getting in front of them for the first time, whether it's a cold call or a proposal or initial interview or some kind of marketing outreach, your default is to basically give them what they want to hear, your capabilities and you know, examples of projects that you have done in the past. But all that does is set you up as an interchangeable vendor that they can choose from many. But instead, reframe the way that you approach them addressing their ultimate challenges and how you have the unique industry experience and expertise, capabilities, and resources in order to solve their challenge. Think of them as a hero in a movie that's going along and all of a sudden there's this huge, huge crisis that if they don't figure out how to get out of it, it's going to spell impending doom. And there's always that wise sage, that, that character with that unique wisdom and experience that comes in, trains them, educates them, and helps them overcome that ultimate odd and avoid catastrophe and win the day. Like Yoda to Luke Skywalker, like Mickey to Rocky, like uh, Crash Davis to Nuke in Bull Durham. Remember that movie? That was a great movie. Put yourself in their shoes and try to imagine what their worst case scenario would be. Would it uh, cost overruns? Would it be significant delays due to the wrong kind of permitting or whatever? Unforeseen roadblocks? What is it that you know that you've already solved that you can actually apply to their situation? When crafting that messaging in proposals or websites or case studies or whatever, you want to give examples how you actually rose to those exact challenges, how you solve them, and ultimately what you learn from them so that you can actually pass your wisdom on as a trusted, experienced guide and partner. And believe it or not, in working in this industry and with this audience, I suggest the best option for getting in front of more business opportunities is to have faith in the old school DRIP program. Drip marketing is precisely that. Something is sent out drip, 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 and not expecting anything in return. Whether it's mailed postcards or newsletters once a quarter. This could also be in the form of a digital newsletter, but not necessarily concentrating on, hey, we had a great company picnic and here's a couple of photos of our softball game. But instead, really talking about the industry insights and trends that they might find relevant. And the key is consistency. We are not in the business of impulse buying where it's about promotions and direct response. Instead, you have to remember that it takes seven impressions before your audience will even remember you, much less decide to engage with you. So you have to keep it up and you have to keep sending things that they're going to find interesting and engaging every quarter, every month. What are their challenges and how can you specifically help them based on your category expertise to save them from ultimate catastrophe and enjoy a successful outcome. Now the second audience is that pesky, ever elusive workforce who are such a rare commodity these days. 
These might include not only drivers or laborers, but seasoned electricians or welders, or project managers or superintendents. And if they weren't scarce enough before the pandemic, you're now not only up against other firms or industries competing for their attention, there's an entire new attitude that has been brewing for a while that we've all seen, but has really been galvanized by the situation of 2020. We've all been traditionally conditioned to have our career be the you know, main focus and priority of our life. However, workforces of today have now had a chance to step back and reprioritize their outlook. They no longer want to be kind of loyal to one company or a vocation or a career, but instead they're trying to establish what their overall purpose in life is and are looking for something to complement and fulfill it. So with this audience, without getting too hippy-dippy, instead of talking to them about avoiding failure and catastrophe, you again want to assume the role of wise coach, but this time you have to talk about what's in it for them in the bigger picture, not just talking about superficial stuff like, you know, compensation or benefits or the pros about being in a non-union shop or a union shop, but offer them educational resources and inspiration without expecting anything in return. I have an associate who's actually developed an entire academy for a very nominal fee. And they hope once the trainees complete the course, they'll join and stay loyal to their team, but they're not expecting it. If the worker decides to move on even to their competition, they'll actually congratulate them and plant the seed of encouragement, knowing that it's more about the long ball. Hopefully, once they've kind of gained perspective, having you know, gone down their career path a little bit longer and knowing how it kind of played in their bigger life's goals, who knows? They might find their way back someday, or at least they might spread the word to their network and become advocates for the company, even if they're not working for it, which is the ultimate advertising goal when you think about it. And if I need to even say it, the best method of getting in front of this audience is video. And it's staggeringly surprising how few companies are actually taking advantage of this medium. And it doesn't have to be some overproduced, slick production by a film crew that's flown in from LA. It can be a rudimentary, jumpy, fun, interesting video that's done on TikTok, done on YouTube, that really shows the benefits of working with your company. There are hundreds of statistics out there about how YouTube and video are taking over the world and commanding the attention of the people that you're looking for. You know those annoying uh, ads that play right before your video or your social media or your video games are being loaded? Those are called bumpers and you can actually purchase that relatively cheap and hyper-target it, filter it to psychographics, preferences, geographical location and the data that proves how much your audiences will remember your brand through these bumpers, whether they like them or not, and the fact that your competitors aren't really doing it in this space makes it an obvious channel to actually consider getting into. And no matter what tactic or channel that you use, this audience, I mean, not necessarily the 19-year-old laborers, but the more seasoned professionals, are looking for a company that's not drifting, that's innovative, that's going somewhere, that has a future-focused plan. Which brings us to the last audience, the most overlooked, underrated, and taken-for-granted audience that you have, your own team. This could be your leadership, your administrative staff, estimators, superintendents, anyone in charge of managing and steering the business so that all the projects get done. Now, knock wood, it doesn't matter if your key employees have been with you for decades or if they're even family members, 
This whole shift in life's priorities right now makes it that they're jumping from industry to industry, from company to company, even out of the industry like sand fleas. And you just can't get complacent or too overconfident with anybody's loyalty right now. This audience needs one thing from you on a consistent basis in your communications. Reassurance that you have the longevity of the company in your best interest and that you're focused on its growth and prosperity and success in the future. There's a book that I recommend named Traction by Gina Wickman. And we use many of its concepts when we work with leadership teams to develop clarity of vision, a good brand story, and strategic planning for their business development. It helps cut out all the fluff and establish actionable, clear goals that the team can understand and get behind. If there's something that they can strive for, it plays into that sense of purpose everybody is kind of yearning for, and the enthusiasm becomes contagious throughout the entire company. If one of your goals is to enhance the level of support in your community, which is very common, it should be something that you personally can get committed to and bought in on and engaged with. And it has to serve the bigger vision and goals that you've all agreed upon. Donating coats is a very noble cause, don't get me wrong. But should you be thinking bigger by donating the build of the fence around the donation center to help reduce crime, which will benefit the community, but will also promote the fact that you build great fences. And for your team, regular internal communications based on vision and goals is essential. Whether it's a weekly email check-in about the progress report or a social media post calling out one of your employees who showed that commitment to your values, you need to show leadership, you need to communicate mission as if no one has ever heard it before every time that you speak about it. You need to make it clear, real, and relatable, remember on a human level, and show appreciation and gratitude towards your team at all times to build that vibrant culture and secure team loyalty. No matter what audience that you're speaking to, you have to have a position. Ask yourself what gets you out of bed in the morning? What is your existential urgency and motivation? What about your industry still excites you? And how can you leverage the capabilities of your company to contribute to success? Like I said, my vision is to help as many building companies like yours, whether or not it's in person or through this podcast, become better versions of yourself and better promote your company so that the entire industry becomes more attractive to the workforces of the future. Now, it doesn't have to be that idealistic, but how can you stake a claim in the betterment of your company and ultimately the ecosystem around it? So as a final walkthrough punch list here, when talking to those who are going to give you work, Think of them as the hero in a movie experiencing some terrible crisis, and your role is that of the wise sage with the unique category industry experience to serve as a guide to circumvent disaster and win the day in the end. This will make you less of an interchangeable vendor and more of the trusted partner that will be remembered. For those who are going to give you work, it's all about building the reputation of being the altruistic, wise coach offering category knowledge with little expectations of immediate loyalty. This will pay off dividends in the future. It's all about long ball, and it's all about video, video, video. And the most important audience, your own team. Stop drifting and establish a tangible vision that you can all get behind and you can all steer towards. And then communicate it regularly to reassure them that you are engaged in the bigger picture and you're motivated by your company's future-focused vision. And again, if you have any questions or comments or suggestions, please feel free to contact me at louderbuilder.com. I'd love to hear your feedback and continue the conversation. 
On upcoming episodes, I'm excited about building upon this and start talking about your positioning, your brand, your messaging, marketing strategies, website, etc. But until then, I'm Rusty George and I salute you for the fact that you're getting more serious about better promoting yourself, enhancing your image, your messaging, your positioning, smartening your marketing so that ultimately you can become a louder builder. Thank you for listening to Louder Builder, a podcast dedicated to marketing in the building services industry. Be sure to like and subscribe and don't forget to visit us on louderbuilder.com.